everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. God, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many of you have found that out to be true? You look back, you may not understand some things. Boy, he's been good, though. You come back on the other side of that. Job said he's tried in the fire and he come out as gold. Man, that's the same way in our lives. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, turning your attention to Genesis chapter 40. I want to thank the worship team for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. And, uh, that's right. That's good. Amen. And also the Hussies for this opportunity to speak. I've had the opportunity to go fishing with Brother Hussie. He outfished me. Uh, he, he did. Neither one of us caught very much, but you, you did catch more. <laughs> Uh, oh my. So I had the opportunity to sit down and we got to talk a little bit. And I'm just so appreciative of the spirit of worship that, that God has allowed to come into young adults. And just to, it feels like God just desires to move every time we come into this place. And how many of you have felt that? Amen. Good. I'm not the only one. Amen. It's been pretty, like the song said, the evidence is here, right? Amen. God desires to move. Thank you, Chris, for the worship set tonight. I appreciate that. Uh, tonight, we're continuing with the God's Word for Life series, and we're going to be speaking of, of Joseph yet again. Um, we're coming to like the, the climax of, of Joseph's life, right? So he was in prison last time, I believe, is where we kind of left off a little bit with Joseph. And he's forgotten there. Genesis chapter 41, verse 1. And we're going to skip around a little bit here. Uh, so bear with me on that. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. And behold, he stood by the river. Amen. He had a dream. Have anybody ever had a crazy dream before? <laughs> I tell you, before I got the Holy Ghost, I had crazy dreams. Like nutty dreams. I remember this one. Ah, my pastor at the time did like an end time series, you know. <laughs> Didn't really have the Holy Ghost. And all I thought, uh, I, I remember dreaming, a reoccurring dream, that these, this lion was chasing me around our yard and trying to get me and like trying to put this, I don't know, there this is a floppy disk. I'm even young for floppy disk, but that's what I imagined. He was trying to put it in my arm, you know, as the mark of the beast, you know. <laughs> but then this other reoccurring dream, it was a little bit scarier one. And uh, mom told me later, I, I, would, I went into the restroom that night, and the restroom at our house was right next to their bedroom, okay? And there was a door going into their bedroom and a door going into the utility room there. And apparently I had come out of bed and I was just screaming no but I just got up and went to the bathroom and I wouldn't wash my hands apparently as a kid I do now trust me I work maintenance I better wash my hands uh, but 
this reoccurring dream was this, this, everything was black, right? Except for this fiery face in the middle, and it was just laughing at me, this, you know, this real dark, evil laugh. And then in the dream, I'm just sitting there screaming, no, no, crazy dream. But I would have that before I got the Holy Ghost. Now, I remember one more dream, crazy dream before I got the Holy Ghost, and yeah, Joe's laughing. He, he hasn't heard the dreams. I think he's just laughing because I'm telling dreams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but crazy dreams, right? This one is kind of humorous, though. Uh, I remember the Lord was coming back, right, in this dream, and he had his chariot, and all my family was in the chariot, and I went to get on, and he wouldn't let me on. And I noticed everybody else had a, a vacuum hose, <laughs> of all things. Maybe I was destined to do maintenance or something. I don't know. But I remember going back, and, and, and we had this burn pile behind the house, and I was digging through the ashes, and finally I got this and got on just before the chariot took off. No, but after I got the Holy Ghost, I quit having those crazy dreams. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> did have one unrelated to those that, though, and every time I'd watch these old black and white John Wayne movies, uh, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. But Pharaoh had a crazy dream, and it wasn't just a silly dream. It, wasn't, it was more like maybe the fiery face one that actually meant something. You know, you better get the Holy Ghost. You know, or, but Pharaoh's dream was very serious and it disturbed him deeply. And we read that nobody could come up with the interpretation for it. It says, in the, and it came to pass in verse 8, in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And, the Pharaoh, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret it, interpret them unto Pharaoh. So here we go after two whole years of this guy forgetting Joseph, it finally clicks, you know. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't you love to be Joseph when you finally saw him again? Uh, no, I'm just kidding on that one. But Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Skip down to verse 12. And there was with us a young man, a Hebrew servant, to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream he did interpret. And so we know the story. Most of us would know the story that... Pharaoh called for Joseph, and Joseph gave the interpretation of the dream. But then Pharaoh, he makes a statement in verse 38. He says, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, as a, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Remember, this is a heathen king. But he recognizes the spirit that Joseph had with him. And he says, Can we, can we find anybody like this, man with such wisdom and, and, and such how, how wise he is? And so he said unto Pharaoh, For as much God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Why wasn't Joseph's wisdom, right? Pharaoh kind of alludes to that because he says, In that God showed you these things, right? God hath showed you all these things. There is none so wise. He recognized in Joseph that Joseph knew where to turn for wisdom. Man, I think it's kind of interesting that Pharaoh was considered a demigod. A demigod back in back in those days, right? Yet, <laughs> kind of lends to the weakness and the ignorance of of their false gods. When Pharaoh could not come up with the meaning of the dreams, and neither could the magicians or anybody else. But this this Hebrew prisoner that was sold into slavery and thrown into prison, he he came up with this interpretation, and and time would tell that that interpretation was true because God had given it to him. Amen. 
So here we go. This is like the climax of, of his life, right? And I apologize if I seem a little scatterbrained today because it has been so rough. I don't know what it is. I believe God wants to move. The song's lined up with the lesson and everything. It, but I've been just fighting and struggling, trying to get my thoughts put together. There's randomness coming to my mind, but I can't get it in order. So just bear with me. Um, but this story of Joseph, right? It's pretty sad when you can't do that with an outline, too, by the way. Because <laughs> this is a series, and it's not, not our series, per se. But the uh, pastor did give us the liberty to do with it as we, we kind of saw fit. Um, so Pharaoh had this dream and he couldn't interpret it. And this is the climax of Joseph's life. But how did Joseph get there, right? The title of this lesson is, is God Knows the Way. We look back over our lives and we see the goodness of God. But in the moment, in the moment, <laughs> man, it just seems kind of rough. Anybody have those events in your life that kind of just shaped you? Like they were rough but you finally made it on the other side of it, and you look back, and, and, and wow. Or maybe it wasn't even a rough thing. Like the other, night, the other day, I was at a funeral. It was Brother Senior's funeral, actually, and they were, they were telling all the good things that he did, and I don't know, my mind was just reflecting on that. And uh, my, my, I had my daughter sleeping in my arms there in the pew, and I just happened to look over, and I had, had her foot in my hand, it's like, man, you get to, you get to direct those steps. Like, you get to help guide her. Like, and it was just a solemn realization of like, huh, I'm her dad. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you know, I knew that before, obviously, but it was that fresh revelation that wow, God trusts us with her, and uh, just moments like that in your life. And Joseph had plenty of those moments. Joseph had moments like that where God would give him a dream. But he also had moments where his brothers were jealous and despised him for those dreams. And so he would, they sold him into slavery. And here he is in Potiphar's house and he's falsely accused. And we know that story. But it tests his integrity. Yet Joseph, he never lost that integrity. How many of you have ever been tested by your for your integrity? Man. And it's so easy sometimes to, to fail those tests. But how many of you also know that you can get back up from those things? Joseph never, never failed on that, in that test, but he, he carried on with faithfulness and integrity, and God was able to lead his life. See, God will, God will speak to you if, if you listen and you're faithful to him. That's why Joseph was able to, to tell the butler's dream and the baker's dream, because he was faithful, and, and God spoke to him, and God honored that relationship that he kept with him, and and God used him in those ways to exalt him to a position that he didn't even necessarily deserve. But it was to save much people alive, the Bible says. And he didn't understand what he was going through at the time. And I, I wonder how many times we're in that same boat, right? Where we don't, we don't understand what God's doing. We have no idea. No idea. Like, one time, heading back from youth convention, uh, I was a freshman at IBC. And uh, this was kind of interesting. It doesn't happen. Actually, it hasn't happened since, really. <laughs> Only this once. But I remember they were taking the She's for Christ offering, right? And I had been saving to go to youth convention and all this stuff. So I had a couple hundred dollars on me. And I remember, give it all. Like, 
what? <laughs> I didn't even gas money to get back to Indianapolis, three and a half hours away, or two, two and a half, three hours away, yeah. But, I, so I did, right? And, you know, me trying to play it cool on the way back <laughs> at McDonald's, you know. You're going to eat? You're going to eat? No, no, I'm good, I'm good. I didn't have any money to eat, but I would have. <laughs> but I remember getting back, and I, I didn't tell anybody about it. Hey, which was probably kind of dumb on my part, but it allowed me to see the provision of God, I guess. Because uh, I got back in my car and didn't have enough gas. I, Not even close. Well, yeah, not very close anyways. But I, I'd have probably made it three quarters of the way and then <laughs> died. Uh, but I remember just pulling onto the interstate and getting down a couple miles. And then there's, there's this lady off to the side of the road, their car, and it's just it's still small voices. Hey, you should help her out. So knowing I didn't have enough gas, right, I pull off on the next exit, turn around, go all the way back, and loop back around. And I stop, and turns out her battery had just died. She had a bad alternator, which I'm not even going to explain it. Never mind. <laughs> Charges your battery while you drive. But anyways, uh, but she gave me just enough money to put gas in my vehicle and make it all the way back to school. And it wasn't near what I put in, but I learned in that moment that God provides when we trust Him and we listen to His voice, God provides for us in ways that we wouldn't imagine. I'll tell you another thing, that you just do what's right, right? Um, I told, told Brother Hussey this one. Uh, I, I had my little car. I liked I liked big trucks. I did. I kind of still do a little bit, but my, my wife says I have small man syndrome if I get one, so I'll stick with my Ford Ranger. No. <laughs> No, actually, I've always wanted a Ford Ranger. Uh, but anyways, I had this big, okay, I'm a country boy. My, my hometown, I, I got like 700 people in my hometown, okay? <laughs> I had one of the biggest trucks at school, you know, big 33-inch mud tires or 12 inches wide and had a big lift on my truck, roll bars and KC lights, everything, you know, you could want except for, you know, no rust. <laughs> I had a lot of rust. As a matter of fact, I had a sticker on the back of the window that said, the mud and rust are holding it together. <laughs> so and the sad thing is I never even took it mudding because I knew it was my only vehicle. <laughs> I couldn't afford to fix it. Uh, but anyways, so I sold that truck and bought this little 96 Monte Carlo, I think it was. Yeah, 96. The truck was in 94. But anyways, it's a cherry red Monte Carlo. It was an ugly little thing. And uh, great deal, $300. Ran perfect, ran great. Uh, but I came home one summer, the summer after freshman year, because that's all I had that car for. And um, we were going to camp tours for IBC, right? So I had this guy with me, and we get maybe 30 minutes down the road. That car dies. You hear this loud clank and stuff. And it loud, long story short, the timing belt snapped and blew the engine and all sorts of stuff. It was going to cost more than the car was worth. But prior to that, okay, this is just kind of cool how God works if you're, you know, I'm not trying to lift myself up, by the way. I'm just telling, telling a story. Uh, but I was just helping this girl out here at IBC, right? She had let a guy borrow her car. It was the dead of winter, right? And uh, he put it in the ditch. Well, he, he walked off and left it there. <laughs> then he called them and told them about it rather than sticking with it or, you know. And uh, so she called me to go look at it because... I had worked up a reputation on campus about working on people's cars, right? Because I was going to go for auto mechanics before Bible college. 
And uh, so that's how I made a little extra money on the side was fixing people's cars. And she called me up and went over there and looked at it. I'm on the phone with her dad. And all of a sudden he goes, you know, what? I'm tired of messing with that thing. If you can fix it, you can have it. This is like February. Okay. So I got this. It was a Lexus. Now, it was an ugly Lexus. <laughs> Matter of fact, later on, I spray painted the front because it was so bad. Uh, yeah, exactly. And when you go around a long curve, the corner, the power steering would go out, or the steering wheel would pop sideways. It was rough, but it got me point A, point B later on. Uh, matter of fact, my wife made a five-point turn in that car. I'm telling you, it was only supposed to be a U-turn, but by golly, we got it turned around. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, Lord provided that vehicle, okay? Um, long before, so my dad provided the parts. He traded me for the car, which was on its way to uh, the scrapyard, apparently. I mean, we didn't know when we made the trade, but he said, I'll buy the parts for your car if you give me that car for your sister. Good deal, especially when it broke down. Um, no, that's terrible. Uh, but anyways, he got enough to cover the parts when he scrapped the car later, uh, which was... Yeah, that's the second time that happened to my dad. Because guess who I sold my old truck to? <laughs> sold it to my dad and the transmission went out after that. But anyways, God provides is what I'm trying to say. Is God will provide for you if you're just faithful. I'm getting off track here. Okay, God provides. And, and so whatever you do, it's important to keep that integrity in your life. And later on in life, you know, you're going to find yourself tested in different areas of your life, whether you'll be faithful or not, whether if you're up late at night and an ad pops up and you're going to look at it or not, you're going to click on that and go down that path that God may have delivered you from earlier, or maybe that maybe it's not a matter of integrity. Maybe it's something that God's just calling you to a deeper walk with him to be faithful. Like in the prison, while Joseph was in prison, he had no right, no reason to be happy or no reason to work. But he found himself working and being faithful in the prison at what he knew to do. And he was exalted above the rest of them, put over the rest of the prison. So much so that the, the guy in charge of the prison didn't even know what was going on, really. It was all up to Joseph. Happened to him twice, once in Potiphar's house and then in the prison and soon to be in, in the palace. But it was because he was faithful and, and God kept him because of his integrity. Amen. It's so easy sometimes... Uh, man, you see, a lot of people, they want to be used of God, but they lack that integrity. And they think it's okay to just get up there and go through the motions, and God will anoint them, and God will use them. But they, if they, they continue to go down that path, they will destroy themselves. Because a lack of integrity will never keep you in the hard times. It'll never keep you there. The climax of Joseph's life wasn't made of failures. It wasn't made of of a bunch of stuff that he did wrong. It was made of his, his steady walk with God, that faithfulness that he had before God. That's what brought Joseph up to that climax of his life where he was second only to Pharaoh in all the land of Egypt. And he was able to save many nations, the nations alive that the Bible records that all nations would come into Egypt and they would bring their... their their baskets and they would fill them with food because Joseph had the wisdom and insight to listen to God even in the hard times. Another thing about Joseph is when he's before Pharaoh, right? Dude just got left in jail for two years waiting on this guy to come and remember him. And then, oh, now you remember me. Or have you ever thought about Potiphar and Potiphar's wife when Joseph is exalted? 
Boy, it would have been easy for Joseph to take out revenge on them. But that's not what integrity is. Integrity is recognizing what God has done in your life and, and applying it to His will and His plan and, and doing the right thing the right way because it's the right thing to do, as Elder Rodenbush would say. And that, that's what integrity is. And we can't walk before God without integrity and character in our lives. It doesn't work. Nathan and Abihu, right? They, they tried it, and God destroyed their lives. Because sin and holiness don't mix. And so we, we try these things, and we go before God in some some way and we expect God to move for us time and time again but without that walk with him eventually God's just going to say I'm going to let you do it on your own and it won't work out the way that you planned I was listening to a sermon from IBC and uh, brother Jared Turner did so so good you know what and I missed it but anyways he was talking about decisions made in faith and or fear Two ways to make decisions, right? And everything we do, like, that's pretty well it. Faith and, and fear. Well, Joseph, Joseph had every opportunity to act in fear. With his brothers, he could have recanted his dreams and said, uh, it doesn't mean anything. He could have made that choice in fear. But then their jealousy probably would have got the best of them anyways because he was their dad's favorite. It would have happened either way. And that was the point in, in Brother Turner's sermon was that you might as well act on faith and do what God is telling you to do because if you don't, what you fear is going to come upon you anyways and probably worse. So it could have been that maybe they wouldn't have sold him. Maybe they would have killed him. Uh, and then they would have died later on. But instead, he, he, he kept his integrity. Or how about in Potiphar's house? Feared being put in prison for what he was, could have taken part of or feared the wrath of God. And, you know, and instead of taking the way of integrity or feared, feared of being put in prison, right? But he acted in faith instead and didn't do the thing that he said would be a great wickedness against God. He kept his integrity. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at tonight, that God knows the way that you're going to take. He knows the paths that He has for you. But the question is not whether the calling is real or, or not whether the calling is, is what, what will direct your life. It's the question is, is, what, is who of us would love God enough to follow after it? Romans 8.28, right? All things work together for the good of them that are called, who are the called according to the purpose that love God and who are called according to His purposes, right? The question is not the calling. God has a calling for every person to step into, whether it be preaching or speaking it before people or whether it be working a job and just being a faithful saint and bringing souls into the kingdom through Bible studies or, or reaching them and bringing them into church. God has a call for every person, or maybe it's to be a businessman and, and help the church. God knows we need Him. We need every part of the body, and that's, God calls everybody to a certain part of the body. <laughs> everybody to the body. <laughs> oh my. But anyways, it's not the calling that's the question. The question is, all things work together for the good of those that love God and who are the called. 
Everybody's got that calling, but not everybody's got a love for God. That's the question that you have to answer for yourself. Are you going to love God more than the world? Are you going to love God more than the choices that you could make? Not, not necessarily evil choices, and I don't want to get bogged down on all of that, but there's choices that could be good, but there's choices that are right. And those are hard choices to make sometimes. Sometimes that line gets a little blurred. And that's where you have to have that relationship with God. And you allow Him to speak to you and to guide your steps. Promotion at a job is not, not a bad thing. But if it takes you away from the will of God, that's a bad thing. Okay? So we have Joseph's life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here quickly. But how many of you know that there were other people in the story besides Joseph, obviously? There were his brothers. There was his family. And um, they decided to take advantage of a certain situation for their gain uh, and sold him into slavery, which was a better decision for them in all actuality and killing their brother, you know. That wouldn't have been too good. But they kept that, that, they kept that, uh, that in their heart for years and years. What they had done, the, what they had done to their brother, the sorrow they caused their father. And we see after all of this, Joseph has his kids and all of this, and he sees his brothers again. And time and time again, you see them weep before him like, look, if we, if we, if we bring our brother and something happens to him, our father will go down to the grave dead. You could tell what they had done and kept eating at them for all these years. We know it had been at least nine, probably more like 10, 12, somewhere in there. I mean, two years in prison and then seven years of good and plenty were over, so that's nine. But they had kept that with them, and that, but that mistake was not their final outcome. See, there's two people in the room today. There's those of you that you're staying faithful and God bless you for it and keep doing that because God will use you mightily if you can remain faithful and keep your integrity before Him. But there's also those of us that, that may have made mistakes and we carried that around for so long not realizing that that verse that, you know, all those who love God and are called according to His purpose, all things work together, that's for us too. Because repentance is real. And that's where we start in our lives to follow after Christ. And He knows the way that He has for us. And boy, we can mess it up bad sometimes, can't we? But that's okay. The question is, do you get up and push on? Or do you give up and go, go somewhere else? They decided they would Obviously, they kept faithful to their father after they made this mistake. And uh, God rewarded them in the end for that. They came up before Pharaoh and they came before Joseph. And Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God turned around for our good. Man, that happens so often for people. Sometimes, okay, it is possible, I think, to make the wrong decision and not even know it. But the graciousness of God guides us back around to His path. 
sometimes we look back and we're like, man, that was a dumb thing to do. But we thought it was right at the time. But God guides us back to his path because if you keep your heart towards him, if you keep your mind on him, your, your will towards him, prayer often that I pray is, God, help me love the things you love and hate the things that you hate. God, let my will be conformed to your will. If we keep that mindset, if you guys keep that mindset, God will lead you, even if you make a mistake. God will bring that back around. All right. Coming to a close here. The problem with a lot of us is we get tired in the waiting. Joseph had two years in prison to wait, right? Two years, that seems like forever. It probably was forever for Joseph in the prison. I mean, I don't know what all he was in charge of, but I imagine those guys didn't smell too good. <laughs> Who did the laundry? Or did they do laundry? That's the question. <laughs> oh, my. Y'all ever seen Superbook? Guys, this is really dumb, okay? Superbook is an older cartoon. And uh, it's about the most thrilling and exciting thing we see as far as television goes in our home. <laughs> but that's because we don't want to put certain things before our eyes. But anyways, it's a cartoon that just tells Bible stories. And this, this one, that they get dropped off in the prison and they're waiting, you know, and they get this big, mean, mean guy and uh, he smells like rotten figs is what they say. But this has nothing to do with it. I don't even know why I went down. But anyways, who knows what Joseph was in charge of? <laughs> who knows? I'm sure it felt like forever. I'm sure it felt like forever for him. But the thing is that Joseph kept faithful. That's the main point, if you haven't caught it already. Faithfulness and integrity. Keep your heart right before God. Without lifting holy hands without wrath or doubting, right? Holy hands without wrath or doubting. That's how we're supposed to worship God. Holy hands. We keep our hearts right before God. We plead, our, plead His blood over us. When we fall down, we don't just turn around, but we have an advocate with the Father and we're able to step up and say, God, I plead Your blood over that, Lord, forgive me. And we don't lay down. We walk, we walk and keep going. So if you would stand, Joseph's life lived a scripture out that my dad, he, they didn't send me too much while I was in college, but every time they sent me something, he would, he would just write Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord. All them are. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Joseph had the opportunity to just give that dream interpretation, live life without giving credit to God. I don't, I don't think God would have let him. I, I don't think I don't know that God's mercy would have let all of those people die because of his mistake. And I think that's why sometimes people can get up behind a pulpit without integrity in their lives and God will use them to speak to people but they will be destroyed. But the people that they minister to, God's mercy is for them. But Joseph didn't do that. He, he walked up with integrity. He said, it's not in me. That was dangerous in and of itself. Pharaoh could have said, okay, back to prison or okay, off with his head. But he followed up with, he said, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And that's, that's where we must find ourselves. 
So after all the waiting, after all the things that go on, good and bad, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God because He knew what way we should take. He knew how to guide us. And I don't know where you're at in your life today, but God knows where, where you're at. And God knows what you need to do. The answer is not in the world, it's in God. We need to lay ourselves before Him and open up our hearts to Him and ask Him, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? I fought, guys, all, all day today, I've been fighting doubt and anxiety and fear, and I don't know what it was, except for when I came into this place, I felt the peace of God. And Brother McGrath began to sing, and the songs went along with this lesson. So I know that God is dealing with somebody's heart in this place. And you're lost, not lost maybe salv salvifically, but lost in your life without which way you don't know what to, get, what to do. You don't know where to go. God's reaching for somebody. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you've done. Mistakes aren't the final thing in your life. There's grace for you. There's mercy for you. He shapes us, not us. Situations, they have, they have the power to shape our lives, but our reactions to that, those situations determine our proximity to God and our proximity to His will. Don't quit in the waiting. Remember, the question isn't the call. It's, it's do you love Him enough to stay faithful through even what Romans follows on to say, the nakedness, the perils, the tribulation, all of these things, and says nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ, Right? But do we love Him enough to stick with Him through all of that like He would stick with us? Amen. Do what's right. You're going to make it. <laughs> World's in chaos, right? What do we do? We follow God. We seek His face. We live faithful. We stay faithful. One more thing and I'm, I'm going to be done here. Went on a spring break trip to Rock Island, Illinois with David Brown. We were doing a Sunday school, uh, kind of like a kid's revival or vacation Bible school is what it was. And uh, he was telling us the story of how they were doing everything right and people just kept turning away. And they become so discouraged, so, so just broken hearted. And he began to pour out his heart to a friend and his friend said, if you take credit for the bad things, you're going to take credit for the good things too. In that moment, he was humbled. To God, it's not up to me. It's up to him. We just do what's right. Keep our integrity and give God the glory in all of the successes, all of the failures. God gets the glory from our lives. That's how we must live. If you would bow your heads with me, I don't know who this is for, but God is God's reaching for somebody. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to be in this house. Lord, thank you for your anointing to preach your word. God, thank you for your anointing to teach, God.